The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, and the heart and soul of professional wrestling, Tommy Dreamer and I have a guest-filled episode of the Busted Open Podcast. How about this? From AEW Dynamite, your AEW Tag Team Champions, that's right, Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, come on to talk about their new book, Killing the Business, Backyards to the Big Leagues. And speaking of tag teams, how about the newest tag team in AEW, the acclaimed, Anthony Bowens and Max Caster. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Two guys leading the way and two guys who tapped into their fan base from day one are joining us now, David. That's so right. excited. Talk to my they're, friends. They're your AEW Tag Team Champions. That's Nick and Matt Jackson. The new book is called Killing the Business Backyards to the Big Leagues. And let's bring them in right now, the Young Bucks. Gentlemen, how are you this morning? Man, what an introduction. Yeah, what an Unbelievable. intro. What's up, guys? I always put you over. Come on now. You're my favorite tag team, too. My favorite people in the world. Same hey, to you, man. We, we miss you. Yeah. Tom, Tommy tells no lies. He was one of the first guys that really saw something something big at us. And uh, we talk about that in the book, actually. So it just it still means it means a lot. Nice. I look forward to reading it. I'm finishing Stupid Hornswoggle's book where he just gave me a little blurb. I'm going to kick him later when I see him, but then I'm going to delve into your book. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you like it. <laughs> well, let's dive into the book, and we'll start with you, Matt. I mean, you know, you talk about the last three years in, in your guys' lives and in, in your careers and now having this book. I mean, what made you, like, put pen to paper and and, and, and write this book? Ever ever since I was a kid, I remember reading McFoley's Have a Nice Day when I was in freshman. Uh, I, was, I think it was my uh, language arts class, Miss Mira. For some reason, she hid that book on her bookshelf. <laughs> I picked it up, and I and I read it, and I fell in love with it. And I I remember telling myself at the end of that thing, I was like, "Man, if I ever have a career worth writing about, that would be so cool." So it was always a dream of mine to write a book, and we got a an offer from you know from from Harper College Publishing, which which is one of the the biggest in the world. So it's like when Harper Collins calls, you you, you pick up, you know. And at the time, Nick and I. Uh, it, it was, a, we were going through a really strange thing in our career. We were like kind of in a fork in the road and, you know, there was a big decision to be made. It was whether or not we were going to go to the WWE or, you know, we were going to, we were going to start this new thing. And I remember thinking to myself, like, God, this is, this is worth documenting. And we have, we do have a really interesting story and a story that is, is kind of different than from, from all the other wrestling books you've probably read from, from kind of the, 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 the attitude era, guys and i think we we 
have a unique story. And we're the first guys from the independent boom era that have really had a chance to, to, to write our story. And, and I was going to say pen to paper, but it wasn't even pen to paper. It was literally all written on our iPhones in between business trips and, and in hotel rooms. And while I was at the bus stop waiting for my, my daughter to get picked up from school. And we, we were literally writing this thing while we were opening up AEW. So it was really terrible timing actually <laughs> to write a book because my, my and Nick's lives were, were, were so busy at the time, but it was a labor of love. And uh, now that I can hold the physical copy in my hand, I'm glad we did it. But man, at times I remember telling Nick, like what a burden, this is the worst thing we've ever done in our lives. Why did we decide to do this? <laughs> Nick, for you, same feelings when it comes to this book. Oh, for sure. Uh, like Matt was saying, it, it was so much work. Uh, you don't realize how hard it is just, checking all the facts and trying to get everything right you know like thank god there's google and the internet for uh, for dates and things like that because i i wouldn't have remembered most of the stuff that we've written down and and we had a lot of conversations with our parents about our childhood just to make sure everything was right so stuff like that was tough for for me for what attracted to me to you guys i remember for the first time i ever saw you in the ecw arena in uh doing a dark match. Uh, I think it was against like Generico uh, and, an, and an ant guy. Was that the, uh, the, the, the right match? Oh, I know what you're talking to. You're talking about the Jakara high noon match. I think it was, yes. um, it was an ant. It was two ants. <laughs> and I, I was blown away <laughs> by your guy, by you guys. And then, but like what, what attracted to me more as you two as human beings and then like knowing your upbringing and, and the, your parents, one of the first times where I met your parents, your, your parents were both like, they thanked me for the things that I saw and did for their sons. And then just knowing you guys and like family men and, and doing, you did everything the right way and it paid off for you. And I was like, I couldn't be prouder for, these two individuals who, you know, you didn't fall into drugs. You didn't go out sure. there partying. You didn't do stuff like that. Uh, and, and you got it that it was a business. And if you talk about that time that you were saying when you're writing this book, you guys were literally changing the business with your phones, with like <laughs> tweets and yeah. just doing stuff like so ahead of the curve. And I've always been that way from ECW, but you guys just like, you didn't care. And like, you cared, but you didn't care. You, you didn't care about like heat. You would, mm -hmm. you addressed heat through your fans and, and, or through the haters. And it was just like, what got, what seriously made you to your brothers, like to go, to go that route, man, Most people hide. You know what it was, was at, cause at first we weren't, we weren't that way. We, we were just like everybody else. We were the yes men and Hey, we're here. We're, we're the young guys and we're going to do whatever you tell us to do. And, and it didn't seem to work for us. Like, yeah, sure. We had good matches, but that it was only taking us so far. And I think it got to the point where people were kind of walking all over us a little bit. And, and we had to go to the, to, to impact wrestling and sort of fail there because we were too afraid to address, you know, issues that we might've seen, like they wanted us to, to turn on each other and, and wrestle each other. And we thought that was a terrible idea. And, and, but you know what, we were nice guys. So we went and we did it. And, and it, they started kind of tarnishing our brand a little bit. And it got to the point where Nick and I were just like, listen, like we have to make a change here because, you know, we can see what, 
what route this is going, what route our career is headed. And we made the decision like, Hey, if we're going to do this, let's go do it. Like we did in the backyard. Let's go have fun and let's wrestle with our hair down and let's, let's, let's act like there are no rules and let's be boundless out there. And as soon as we, we, we were unafraid and unapologetic and we decided, Hey, if we're going to get heat doing this, let's just do it because what's the worst that can happen. We're already broke right now. And we're not making, we're not making any headway in our, in our career. Let's just try this thing. And you're right. Like as soon as, you know, we kind of dove into that, that those, those weird unapologetic characters, people started gravitating towards us. Like instead of going on Twitter and, and apologizing to Booker T and, and it, it, you know, I'm so sorry, Booker, we should have shook your hand. It said we went the opposite way and we said, no man, screw you, you know, <laughs> and screw everybody. In fact, if you don't like us, I'm sorry. Like this, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, basically. And and when we started doing that, it was like, people were like, whoa, who are these guys? And and as soon as you can blur the lines like that and people are like, the boys are convinced that these, that we're dicks and like, we're not cool. And they, we don't have respect for the veterans. As soon as the boys start believing that, then the fans surely are going to. So when we did that, when we stumbled upon that, that was the biggest blessing ever in disguise for us because now we weren't just these two flippy kids in the ring. We were those disrespectful young millennial kids who, who, who didn't care about the veterans. And now people were talking about us and that, that was it. We, we were set from that point, I think. Right. Yeah. And I think it's worked for you. I mean, look at the name of the book because it's called killing the business. So when, you know, you've had your critics and people have said that you, you know, you're killing the bit. First of all, why? Why do you think, why do you think you've gotten that term, you know, killing the business? <laughs> Man, that's, that's a tough question to answer because a lot of the wrestlers that know us personally, they, they actually say, you guys are old school, like wrestlers. You're definitely not that from like this generation where you're you're killing it but for some reason uh a lot of our uh, critics have said that i i don't know why i don't maybe it's just because like matt was saying earlier we just don't care and uh we don't care about getting the heat and i don't know we we like to make fun of ourselves and the business sometimes so maybe that's why well we we, we broke the unwritten rules of wrestling like you're only supposed to do a couple of high spots in the match and well what do we do well Hey, we're going to start off with 20 high spots and Hey, the super kicks a finisher. What are you doing? No, for us, it's just a, it's just a fun move. We do 12 times a match. Like these are the rules of wrestling that the unspoken rules you do not break. So when you do those things, people say you're, you're going to kill the business. And I think that's kind of where the, the, the phrase was kind of coined was, was the critics who said that we were spamming super kicks and we were doing too many high spots. And, uh, you know, we, we were doing all of the things that you're not supposed to do, but for whatever reason, it worked for us when it was never supposed to work. And it's funny because you could have named the book, saving the business, <laughs> you know, backyards, <laughs> the big, because in, in all honesty, and Tommy was talking about it before he had you on. You literally changed the landscape of professional wrestling. You know, Busted Open's been on the air for 11 years. So there was a time that, like, when we weren't talking WWE, you would see the phone calls just drop off because nobody was really paying attention to the world of pro wrestling outside of the WWE. Now, sure, I, right. I think, Tommy, right? I mean, the, 
a, a, a big portion of what we talk about on Busted Open Monday through Saturday is AEW. I mean, there was a time, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, if the, word, if the letters WWE wasn't attached to a, to a show, you, you saw at most maybe uh, 4,000 fans, 5,000 fans. You certainly didn't see 10,000 fans. 15,000 fans, but until this pandemic happened, you were normally seeing those amounts of attendance, you know, each and every Wednesday night. Right, right, right. So may, maybe uh, our second book will be uh, called Saving the Business then. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and for our listeners, man, I came from a company where people would – the business changed, and, and you guys have met the, the, the bitter veteran I have too – I remember people telling me, like, what are you doing in this crazy ECW thing? Like, and, I, you know, I'm falling off the top of buildings or like you'll never make it. You know, you'll be in a wheelchair by the time you're 28. I'm going to be 50 and I'm still wrestling all the time. Um, right. And, and those critics, I was just like, OK, but I knew in my mind it was different. And for our listeners, I'm trying to tell you about the Young Bucks mind because I would sit with them in the car or I've also wrestled them and listened to them put matches together. I was like, Oh no, no, let's do this, this. And we just bounce stuff off each other. Like, and I'm 10 to 20 years older than you guys. And like, I was in your backyard flipping and trying to do stuff too, that I could do. I can't do the things that you could do, but mm-hmm. like one of some of my, my favorite match, one of my favorite matches is me and Billy Gunn against you guys in Australia. Cause I was like, <laughs> This is what wrestling should be. Right. It was so much fun. We had so many people. You guys made so much money on merch, by the way. But it was just like <laughs> this this whole piece of everyone's minds coming together and this great product and the fans rejoicing about it. I was like, that's what wrestling is. It's that simple. And yeah, you guys got right. it from day you got it from ever. I remember Bubba and myself fighting with impact about this tag team and be like you guys are idiots how do you not see that in these guys <laughs> yeah it's funny uh like, like you're saying though uh it's a collaboration and when, when you collaborate with the wrestlers that's what creates the best wrestling and that's a lot to do with what we're doing right now in aew is we'll collaborate with the guys and ask them what they think is best for their characters and we usually go with what they think because usually the wrestler knows what he's doing best for his character so that's what makes dynamite so special you know you you mentioned that match with with billy in australia we were talking to him about that the other day and we (laughs) i remember a a point in the match where we had him on top of a ladder and I was holding the ladder up for Nick. Nick was about to do like a swanton on it. And Billy's just looking with these big eyes. He's going, you, and he's pointing at Nick and he's yelling at Nick. You better not stiff me on this. You better like everyone in the front row could clearly hear him. And I'm like, dude, is this how these old school guys talk? They just well, yell. Well, Matt, you forgot the, the spot before I did a frog splash on him and I absolutely murdered him and, and he couldn't breathe. And he's like, Oh my God, you don't even weigh a lot. And you hurt me. <laughs> And then he was yelling at me later and he was just like, why'd you go and do so much? Like if you would have told me, I would have done even more. Like I can't have you upshine me. I was going, nobody upshine. That match was great. He just likes to yell at everybody. That was, a, that was a great, that was a great tour, man. I, I think back about that a lot. And 
I, I, I kind of, I miss those days, especially in this pandemic, like just going overseas, going different places. Like I'm in Jacksonville again and I, you know, I, I'm ready to get out of here. I, I'm ready to go see some different sites for the love of God. Well, for you guys too, because a lot of like your work was, we get that reaction and, and I never, and I was there, I was there for it when, you know, we, you did the all in and we're all like all these people there. Cause they, we just wanted to see something different. You guys delivered it, you deliver And it wasn't what you really wanted, but it worked out. Okay in the sense of everybody was so happy and they were celebrating tag team wrestling. They were celebrating you guys. It was one of the greatest things I've ever been a part of. And it's just your uniqueness and your being so different. And that's what we get to see every Wednesday with, with you guys, even like for the, like you super kicking uh, Alex or you super kicking, kicking the, the cameraman, you know, Hey, you know, back in the day, DX Shawn Michaels has done that, but you know what you guys bring it with a different swagger. And yes, for anyone who ever would discredit you, the fact that you went out, but I would fight them to the death. Cause I'm like, they're my favorite people to watch because of how different you are and being different is great. Yep. That That's that's truly what it's all about. Whenever any young kid asks us now, it's funny saying young kid, but people ask us all the time, Hey, what do I do? You know, I'm, I'm bare, I'm a year into the business or I'm going to start training. And it's always the same answer. Nick and I are just like, you have to be different. You have to watch every wrestling show. And when you watch the show at the end of it, go, okay, I can't do any of the stuff that that's that all these other guys are doing. What can I do that'll make me stand out? How do I dress differently? How do I do my hair differently? Like just try to stand out and be different. And that's what we did. And like, because when we were in the, you know, coming up in the early two thousands, the, the independence became the, the short pleather looking guy with the kick pads and the short hair. And Nick and I were like, well, Hey, the, our favorite wrestlers were the Rockers and the Hardys, and they were brothers, or you know, the Hardys were brothers, and they had long hair. Why don't we do the long hair thing and kind of wear the the you know the neon looking stuff from the '90s? Nobody does that anymore. And and immediately we would pop out like for kids that are at these shows are going, who are these guys? You know, we, we didn't look like anybody. And everybody at the time, I don't know if you remember, like it was the Ring of Honor era. It was like everybody would open with. 20 minutes of chain wrestling. Yep. So we were like, okay, let's not do any of that. Let's just go right to the spots. And, and we, we, we would start off with a bang and, and, you know, and we kind of made, we made that the style on the independence was the bang, bang, bang. Let's just go. And, and that, that's just, that's what I tell people just, just try to be different. And now it's weird because everybody sort of does the high spot style now. So now Nick and I are at this point in our career where we're like, okay, do we need to now change again and, and try to evolve the business in a different way? And, and, and that's the struggle. The struggle is constantly trying to evolve and trying to make yourself different. How happy were you guys with your match with FTR? Oh, man, very happy. Uh, Matt and I have talked about it recently. Uh, we were so stressed out just because we knew the fans wanted a special match because it has been talked about for, I don't know, four or five years. So if you don't give them a special match for on the first try, then people will just be let down and being in an environment like we are now with COVID. So we don't have many like fans in the, the stands. Uh, it's tough. So to get the reaction that we did uh, with the circumstances and just, 
people were so blown away. I, I'm so happy with it. I, I, I'm happy it's over with though, because it was very stressful. <laughs> yeah. I, I was telling Dana, my wife about it the other day, I said, it's, it was like a, in a situation where let's say you want to go see this great movie, but you know, you go to the movie theater and the, the screen's kind of blurry and the speakers aren't really working that well. It's like almost impaired vision in audio, but by the end of the movie, the, the movie was so strong and it was so good. You still leave the theater going, God, that was one of the best movies ever. Like that, that to me, the fact that people are even saying that that was one of their favorite tag matches or well, I've heard some crazy things like best tag match ever, like under those circumstances, like I, I, I don't know if it's, if it is the best or if it was my favorite, but certainly it's, it's, probably the most proud I've ever been of a match because of the circumstances we were in and the expectations, the lofty expectations, like it, it had five years of build and it, it, it oftentimes feels like people just, their expectations are, are way too high, especially for these, these dream match scenarios where the, these are, this is the match that was never supposed to happen. Right. And here we are and we finally are going to do it and we can't do it in front of a, a full crowd of 10,000 people like it should have been. And, and, but for us to still go out there and, and have a match that people are, are calling one of the greats, man, I I'm so happy. And, and th those guys are, are unbelievable. And, and Nick said it in a, in a prior interview, he said that they were probably the best team we've been in the ring with. And I, it's, that's hard to argue because you just talk about two guys who know who they know exactly who they are, what they are and, and how they want to do it. And, and they, they just, they, they get it. And, the styles class was, was, was almost, it was like, it was perfect. You know, it's, they're the smash mouth old school hard hitters. And, you know, we're the, we're more of the, the flyers and it was literally flips versus fists. And, and we tried to tell a story where they ran out of, you know, tools in the toolbox and they had to use one of our own and it backfired on them. And, and uh, I, I, I'm definitely, I, I'm, I'm super proud of that match and I'm so happy that people seem to have liked it. And it's such a big testament because you've wrestled the Hardys, you've wrestled the Dudleys. And to say that it, it is uh, a great testament to your, the guys you beat because they are really, really good workers. And I'm sure they're going to keep gunning for you every Wednesday because uh, yeah. they had a chip on their shoulders uh, to come back at you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you just, you just said it. I mean, some of the, like, man, I wish we would have gotten to do more. With, with, with the Dudleys, we, we got to do a couple matches on the Indies. It was so much fun. I think we did one at impact that nobody really saw because it was on one of those, uh, the pay-per-view ones. And I, I went back and watched that recently, actually. I'm like, God, that was fun. And Matt and Jeff, like unbelievable. Like, so there are a lot, there are, we, we've got, you know, some of the all time greats on our list and they're right up there with them. So that just goes to show you how good these guys are. And I, I think people, people have known it, you know, but they, they told us privately that, they felt like this match was so, so important to their legacy because, you know, they had, they've had a lot of doubters and stuff since, since the WWE run. And I think for them, they had a giant chip on their shoulder to come out and, and have a good one, like the way they did. And, and uh, they're, they're extremely happy. Here with uh, Matt and, oh, sorry, Tommy. I'm here with Matt and oh. Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Again, the book is called Killing the Business Backyards to the Big Leagues. And going back to the book for just one second, that's available right now, is is your dad. Like, how much for both of you, how big of an influence has your father been on your career? Oh, man. he uh, He's the reason why we're wrestlers. Uh, you'll see it in the book that 
he actually built us a wrestling ring in our backyard when Matt was 16 and I was 12. So uh, without that support system and without someone who believed in us, we, we wouldn't be where we're at. So we, we owe everything to our mom and dad. Yeah, and, and, and dad was the first one to really show me wrestling. You know, I remember being three years old and him putting on the Coliseum home videotapes and showing me, I remember specifically watching Hogan and Andre from WrestleMania three and Steamboat and Savage. And right away, I just, man, my, my eyes lit up and, and uh, he was the first one I recall watching wrestling with. And I'm four years older than Nick. So when Nick was finally born, I, I remember introducing it to him and we would, uh, we would watch the rockers and, you know, we would throw super kicks out in the living room before they were probably called super kicks, you know? And, uh, but yeah, dad, dad is definitely the reason why we, you know, he, here's the thing we live in. So we lived in Southern California. We had, fa- we were a family of six. My mom did work. It was just my dad. And my dad was, was a general contractor, but he was an independent contractor. So he had to pick up his own work and California is expensive, you know? And we, so we didn't have a lot of money. And I think, I think he knew early on that he wasn't going to be able to afford to send us to a fancy college. And he saw that by the time I was 16, I really, you know, I had dreams and aspirations of being a wrestler. And I think he, he thought to himself, well, I can't put him through college, but maybe this can be their college, their, their college. If I build them a ring and that's what he did. And it, and it, and it paid off, man. And now, now we have a book and it, you know, we're currently sitting at number 11 on, on barnesandnoble.com right behind wow. Matthew McConaughey's book. <laughs> so it's, that's awesome. It's, I all, mean, it's all so unreal. It's incredible. And, and one of the big rises, I think, in popularity for you and even for AEW, like I say, my daughter's a fan, you know, um, for her, she watches AEW Dynamite, but most of the time she's watching what you do on YouTube and YouTube, I know, was such a big tool for you guys and you know a big talk in the world of professional wrestling now is wrestlers using you know and getting revenue from third parties and things like that but it sounds like for aew that's something that you kind of embrace because i would think that just makes your superstars bigger right like we like you said we we realized that uh i remember telling matt i said this was about five, six years ago. I said, our next goal is making YouTube something. And uh, as soon as that happened, it it blew up. And uh, that's what started being the elite. So we started vlogging our, our travels from Japan to America and things like that. And fans loved it. And fans picked up on it right away. And we noticed our, our lines were getting longer for the meet and greets and we were selling more merchandise because now the fans could relate to us because they were watching what we were doing on a daily basis and uh, it helped. So why take that away from the wrestler? Uh, If it's going to grow your popularity, then I think you should do it. And uh, so we encourage it here. And uh, I think it's best, like you said, uh, it's best for everyone. All right, the most important question before we let you go. Who took the super kick better, Alex Marvez or Tony Schiavone? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, poor Alex had to take it, what, four times, Matt? Schiavone <laughs> took some good ones, too. He took a okay. couple. Yeah, he took a couple because like, we, he would take a really great one. And then FTR would be like, you know, we didn't really like the promo we shot before that. Can we do it again? It's like, I don't know if they were ribbing the poor guy. 
but as far as I know, Shivani said that that was the first time he'd ever taken a bop, like in the oh business. My gosh. Wow. So, and he had to do it a few times, but man, they, they were both champs. And uh, I, I thank them all the time. Hey, thanks for that super kick, by the way. Oh, no problem. So every, everybody's a bunch of team players here. Uh, for me, I, I couldn't be prouder for, of your success. And for all you haters, please keep on hating them because they will just keep making a negative into a positive and making more money for themselves and for their family. Just like I, I text them recently. I was blown away. Cause I was like, what is this band shirt? Like it was an old school wrestling thing to have a band shirt. And then I see the band list and I was like, <laughs> I love these guys. I just had to reach out to them. Just be like, you're the best. Please don't ever change because I love that. Like that. Just keep on thinking how you guys think and life is wonderful in Russia. thanks man hey we owe you a lot and thanks for supporting us we love you man i love you yeah too. dude appreciate everything you've done for us man thanks guys hey everyone this is lisa ann and i'm here to tell you about my new podcast the lisa ann experience this is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present including how i went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app and Apple Podcasts. Friend of the show, many times has been on the many, many, many times. Sung on the show, told the story on the show, hung out with Matt, uh, myself and Mark Henry on the show. And that is the five-tool player himself, Anthony Bowens, and Max Caster joins right here. Now we get Bottom, Max Caster for a yeah. first time on Busted Open. What's up, gentlemen? How are you? How are you? Great, Dave. What's up, Tommy? What's up? Good morning, Every- gentlemen. Good morning. The acclaimed have arrived of Sirius XM busted open. We're excited. That's it. A- a- Anthony, first for you, I mean, because we had you on the show literally January just before the pandemic, and, and and kind of everything was up in the air. You know, you really didn't know about your future and where you were going. You didn't have a home. And then the pandemic hits, and then that had to be just added pressure and and stress on you and now you have it here and you know with aew so i mean i'm very first of all as a fan of yours not only in the ring but as a person congratulations and and you know with everything and now landing in a, in a place like aew thank you dave yeah i'm i'm really really excited like when we last spoke i was i was a bit frustrated and i was um I'm knocking on 30, not that that's old, but it's like, um, you know, I've been doing this for eight years and I know people have done it for longer, but I just felt like I was ready for something big. And, and I had all these moments where I would get come so close and I feel like the rug would be pulled from underneath me and, and pandemic included, like right after we spoke, I, I, from what I understand, I was supposed to do something at the, the blood and gut show or at least be there. So I was like, this is my moment. This is my time. And then uh, 30 minutes later, all shows canceled. And I was like, no, no, not again. And then something similar happened in June. And then finally I was able to get down here. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, you know, the good news came. Uh, Use that for the rest of your life to fuel you because every, every door that closed, every bad thing that happened got you to the point where you are today. And if you think about it, during the worst time of the world, you finally got hired and that's a great thing. So yeah. that's the silver lining. That's the, your hard work paid off. And yes, you were always one of those guys. I've known you for a long time uh, that man, this guy's got a good body. This guy's really, really good in the ring. 
how come he hasn't been signed and use that as fuel i i know i do days when you don't want to go to the gym you know what this is why i do want to go to the gym and you constantly want to better yourself and, and don't ever i know what fuels me is because i lost something that i loved when i had the opportunity to somewhat either save it or i was part of something special and it's just like i know i can never get that back but i try and work whenever i work for any company just to get those moments back because it was the best moments of your life for me. Absolutely. Now, the other half of the acclaim, now, I had no doubts that this guy was going to land on his feet because, Tommy, he's so damn handsome. And that <laughs> is Max Caster, who joins us right now. Max, seriously, man, I mean, you know, you and I know each other uh, even before you stepped into a ring to do this profession, but now here you are in AEW. I mean, just talk about the last few months for you. A few months have been great. Um, a lot of people have said 2020 is a horrible year. It's been the best year for me. Uh, coming back from an injury, getting in better shape, uh, the pandemic hitting, and then taking the time away from wrestling that I really needed to kind of set my head straight and focus on my goals and myself. And I started just pushing myself to be better and put out better content, better music, better music videos. And that just kind of led me to better bookings and then eventually landed me here. So 2020 has been a great year. I love 2020. I will go on record and I will fight anybody who says that it's a bad year because it's a great year. It's a fucking terrible year, Max. It might have <laughs> no, been a no, good no. year for you, but for everybody else outside of you, it's been an awful year. And, and Max, seriously, like seeing you on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, and I was just excited to be able to see you on TV and then signing uh, uh, with AEW. And listen, we always talk about here on Busted Open, the world doesn't end in that world in Connecticut. There is a world outside of that. And, and AEW, and people forget AEW Dynamite, AEW Dark, it's only been around for just over a year now. So, you know, I mean, it really does feel like, and Max, I, w I, I want you to explain it, it does feel like AEW has that, you know, 18 to 35-year-old pro wrestling fan. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why... I think guys like us are here. Anthony's basically a walking meme account. I make <laughs> diss tracks every single match. Nobody else is doing that. Nobody else would think of that. So that's what, you know, Tony Khan sees that in us. And of course, you know, think, think about that. He, he signs guys like us. He puts on great matches. Tony Khan, I mean, Booker of the Year. Am I right? Can I say that? Yeah, my vote. Yeah. So <laughs> look, we, we, we're a young company. We have a lot of new faces us included and we are just bringing it into the future we want to see wrestling grow and this is what we're doing this is what we have to do i make tracks he makes faces and we both put on really great matches and i think that's the exciting part is that we're almost still coming in on the ground floor like you said dynamite's only been around for a year so we're excited to be a part of a company to help build it and continue to grow over the years and that's super exciting for us with uh you know the emergence of aew as we all know it, it literally changed the industry for all of us and i know anthony you were working all the time i was working all the time covid stops it yeah you can get depressed yeah you can be i mean i know financially i took a massive hit because i love the indies and you know going out there and entertaining for the fans but it's also then the, there's the business side of it uh and we're talking about content with dynamite you guys get I, I used to not be on raw a lot but i got a lot of time on sunday night heat that was 
I could have an eight to 10 minute match on Sunday night heat some days where you guys get to show your talent. And it's no longer about just television. Yeah. We all want to be on the main show of, you know, AEW on Wednesday nights, but you guys stuff is YouTube. It's going to live forever. And you guys have long ass matches on YouTube where you get to show your talent. I think AEW does a very good job of that, of, of providing not only contracted talent, but independent talent opportunities to perform, you know, at a, at a high level on a grand stage. And I agree, um, you know, wrestling on YouTube, anyone in the world can just turn on the computer and click a button and watch you perform. So any kind of opportunity that's afforded to you is an opportunity for you to, you know, expand your audience and, and have a lot of eyes on you. So I think uh, the company does a pretty good job with that. For sure. And if you treat it like it's dynamite, if you sit there and say, okay, I have a match on dark and you know, maybe it's against a, an extra talent and you're like, well, I want to wrestle the top team. Well, you have to work for it. And we know that, especially as guys who have never teamed before. <laughs> so we're, we're taking this opportunity and we're loving it because we need to build that chemistry in the ring. We've built chemistry outside the ring, but building chemistry in the ring is important. That's why I'm so thankful for dark and, and, you know, just getting in there and putting on these matches, they're all great and everybody loves them. And so, you know, what? I, I'll, I'll be on dark. I have no problem with being on dark and one day it'll lead to something big being on dynamite and even, even uh, bigger than that. One step. Well, I mean, before the pandemic, they were discussing, you know, that TNT wanted another hour show or two hour show. And that probably was going to be dark. And so I just think, yeah, everyone just keeps, plugging along and then they'll uh eventually make that move and i already if i'm tony khan i was like wow I look at all the players and depth of the roster we were talking to him right before uh full gear and i was like dude you can have a full pay-per-view with the amount of talent you have not on this show so and that's great to have options yeah, I think we have a pretty we are our, our roster is very, very deep, especially our tag division, which excites us too, because we have so many different match scenarios. You know, it could be the acclaim versus FTR versus the Bucks versus Chaos Project versus uh, you know, best friends like we did before. There's so many different tag teams and, and there's a plethora of talent for us to, you know, learn from and grow from. You know, and, and by the way, AEW Dark's a really damn good show. Like, you know, I was watching it last night, and mm -hmm. not only do you get some lengthy matches, but, you know, flushing out of personality and characters as well. Like, like the segment with Brick Baker last night, you know, a segment like that you probably don't have on AEW Dynamite, but you're able to have that on AEW Dark. Talk about your – did you guys have a relationship before getting teamed together here in AEW? No, not particularly. We would see each other at shows. Um, you know, I wrestled the, the first open house at Creator Pro, and he was in the crowd, so that was kind of cool. Um, sure. But we would see each other in passing. Uh, I think we wrestled each other once, but it wasn't until I was I was down here to have a meeting with uh, with Tony, and then he stepped into the elevator, and I was like, hey, well, what are you doing here? And then I said, hey, I have a meeting with Tony. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then, you know, went, we, wound up, we wind up getting there, and then we find out that um, Tony had an idea for us to be a tag team, so we went in there together, and, um, you know, we were blown away way that he had this idea for us to be the acclaimed it was something that he had wanted to do for a long time but didn't know who to bestow it upon and he chose us and um we took that as a challenge and an opportunity for us to uh to succeed to succeed and excuse me you know uh I'll, I'll tell you this i'll let you a little <laughs> inside you know we were losing the rascals in wrestling we know uh you know when contracts coming up and impact wrestling and 
uh, Brian Myers pitched both you guys to come to impact. And it was like, yeah, we'll probably look at them for the upcoming year. So it's cool to go from having nothing. And I'm telling this because not only did you have AEW and should you had impact interested in you, uh, not that that happened and everything happens for a reason, but just the fact that you go so long in wrestling and then all of a sudden the doors open up for you. And to tell you a, a quick story, Scotty Tuhati was the next Shawn Michaels. He looked just like Shawn Michaels. And he was plugging away for the business for a long, long time. And in the same week, he had job offers from ECW, WCW, and the WWF. And from like doing it for like six to eight years, and then for the same week to have all these people clamor for him, it's pretty, pretty uh, cool. So you guys, I know at least had uh, other options where I didn't even know if you guys knew that other people were plugging for you and it was based upon your talent. We, uh, we did have other options. That was um, something that was very real and very aware to us. Um, but, you know, we met with Tony and he really blew us away. He really sold us on the idea of a tag team, especially as two singles wrestlers who have just built their whole career and built their whole um, learning process on singles wrestling to say, <laughs> we want you guys in a tag team, something neither of you guys do on a regular basis. And he was, he was a great salesman. He sold us on it. And I, I couldn't be happier with the decision. AEW is a great company and it's a great place to work. Everybody's really, really nice and really, really accommodating to us saying, just, just saying congratulations that we signed and we're like, wow, like I'm so, so happy for that. But now it's like, okay, I'm happy, happy to be here. Okay. Now I'm past that. I need to be working towards the top. And that's where we are right now. We are the acclaimed for a reason because we do come with a lot of acclaim. Tommy just said impact was considering us. Other places are considering us. So we pick AEW. I think we found the perfect name from Tony and uh, yeah, we're working towards the top here. And, and Max, I know that you're a rapper, you're a hit maker. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure you probably heard my raps. You know, you can go to YouTube. I did I did a, a diss track on Brock Lesnar. I also did a mumble rap that the kids really, really loved. So, you know, if you ever need any pointers or anything like that, I'm here for you, Max. You know, just throwing it out there. Yeah, thank you, Dave. I will um, maybe get you on a song one of these days. Would you like that? I, listen, man, I, I would love it. If you did a track for Busted Open, do like a bust, not a diss track, mind you, but a rap, <laughs> a, a rap for Busted Open. I think, you know, you put me in it, you put Mark, put Tommy, put Bully. You know, I think that would be really good. That would be live. How about that? That would be live. You get it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be so, so, so fresh. <laughs> That'd be on fleek, Dave. Look, I, I'll uh, I'll make you a song, but I only do diss tracks. I'm really sorry. I'm going to no, have to diss all you guys. Well, that's not that's not cool. No, Max, <laughs> uh, let me tell you uh, one last thing here, because uh, I see I'm always about a throwback and people uh, I see you wearing your hat the way you are. You got the big chain and, and, and you're knocking out some beats. And I'm sure you're really popular on the gram, as the kids say, or Insta. But you kind of got like uh, there was an old school wrestler, yo, baby, yo, PN News would hit that ring and uh, cut some awesome rap. So I'm just saying there's some old school, uh, old school flavor to you. So I hope uh, you can make that because, uh, dude, I've been watching a lot of PN News. and That was so entertaining back in the day. That big chain and that hat up in the air. 
I don't know. It's uh, you got a little bit of a PN News flavor to you. A little, little, a lot thinner, but he was a really, really good talent too. I'll take it. I guess it's more tape study. Who's got to watch the PN News? Watch his stuff when he came to ECW. Oh my God, it was very politically incorrect, but uh, he had some heat being a rapper coming to ECW. Hmm. Well, check it out. You never saw PN News wrestle? Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. No, I've always avoided it. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. Platinum Max Caster, of course, the 5 2 player, Anthony Bowens. They are to two together, the acclaimed, the new hot tag team in AEW. Guys, thank you so much. Anthony, thank you for being a friend, always joining us, you know, giving your time and everything. And Max, thanks for the first time in the 11 year history of Busted Open, finally jumping on the show because of Anthony Bowens and because the PR person told you you had to do it. So, guys, <laughs> thank you. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it, buddies. Thanks. Thank you, Thank guys. You, Thank you, Tommy. And don't forget to check out EW Dark and EW Dynamite Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.